Hello, welcome to the final swipe, a podcast about healing our hearts and finding love. I'm your host, Nikki Novo. Hello, welcome to another episode of the final swipe. So exciting today, really special day today because we have Shaney Silver, who is actually a friend of mine from past that I came across her recently just because, you know, our like just the weird way the world brings us to former people. Um, so I was really excited to see Shaney because Shaney and I knew each other briefly when I had like a small stint at Refinery29 years ago, which actually was the beginning of my of the work that I do today. So that's an interesting story. But I saw Shaney on another podcast talking about dating. And I was like, what? Like she's, and she had such a good, um, just such an interesting view on dating. And um, she has spent time writing about dating, thinking about dating, dating herself. So I just thought she would be like a really beautiful voice to bring onto the show. So I'm very grateful that she's here. Shaney is a, a writer. She's written for every publication that you probably adore. Uh, she has a uh, podcast called A Single Serving Podcast that you definitely have to check out. And um, she writes a dating column for Refinery29. So I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So join us in introducing and welcoming Shaney. Hi, Shaney. Hi, thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. Yeah, I'm so excited to have this conversation. I I was being a little um, selfish and like wanted to talk to her off air, but I was like, no, 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 let's bring her on. Let's talk to her <laughs> on air <laughs> so she can share. So Shady, we were briefly speaking about it, but if you can kind of um, tell me a little bit about how you got into dating writing um, and how you ended up finding your way into the podcast and into the the column that you have and, and, and also, you know, a little bit of what your thoughts are about this process. Sure. Um, I think... The writing about relationships and dating in general, I started in 2013, I think, um, mostly writing for ExoJane and writing stuff on my own. And I think it started because when I was in college, I was in this writing class and the best grade I ever got, the feedback I got was, why do you write so well when you're angry? (laughs) (laughs) Anything that was like really upsetting to me, the first impulse that I had was to write about it. And I do write very well when I'm angry, but I also feel like, like I'm not ashamed of my anger. I'm pretty proud of it actually, because I'm able to channel it into something that I consider positive. So Mm -hmm. I was doing all of the apps and all of the sites that you can imagine anything that's ever been launched in the dating world. I've tried it. And for years and years and years, I was doing this and just having the terrible experiences that everyone has. It's not unique. I was going through all the same stuff that everyone goes through. And, um, while that was happening, while I was really in the thick of it, it seemed like absolutely everyone around me was partnering and getting married mm-hmm. and having babies and like all of this, like the analogy that was always in my head was like I was chained to the starting line and everyone else was just like running laps around me. And mm. I just didn't want to live in that space anymore. I didn't want to feel like a failure. I didn't want to feel like there was something wrong with me because I didn't really see any big differences between me and my friends that we're partnering. So I was like, if it's not like, like I'm not a perfect person. That's not what I'm saying. Like I have flaws, believe me. But like I wanted to, I wanted to look at, at dating and relationships and being single in a different way because I refused to hate my life anymore. And Mm. I couldn't fix things by like meeting someone and solving the problem that way. And I'm actually really glad that I didn't because I don't believe that's the way to solve the problem. I think the way to really enjoy your life as a single person really has to come like from within you. And so I started writing this column on Refinery29 um, almost a year ago called Every Single Day. And it really looks Mm -hmm. at like the day-to-day life of a single person and like digs into things in a way that, that aren't coming from a negative place. It's not talking about like how to fix your life by meeting somebody or how to be better Mm -hmm. at dating or like where to find somebody. It's not that it's talking about the realities of dating that other people don't get to see and letting single women that read that know that they're not alone. And that's really been, that's been my focus. And that's certainly um, why I started the podcast also, because I thought that there was way more to talk about. So beautiful. I'm so happy you're out in the world doing that. So how often does the, um, does the column, like, does it come out so that people can look out for it? Every single day is posted every other Wednesday. So okay. we're recording on a Friday. One just published two days ago. 
And then a single serving podcast, there are new episodes every Monday and I don't have seasons. I just kind of go on forever. So <laughs> there'll yeah. be an episode like every Monday. Um, okay, good. Yeah. So do you, um, so do you like still actively date? Like do you, or do you kind of let it come to you if it comes to you? That is a really good question. Um, I should tell you this. I de- deleted all of my dating apps in February. And prior nice. to that, I had, you know, <laughs> I recommend that. I, I know uh, I actually recommend that often. I don't, I don't think it's a forever thing, but I definitely think that like we put energy into the apps and we can either have like a negative feel. It could make us feel worse um, and kind of perpetuate like this emotion and even trigger like us going back into this place. So I always recommend, like, if you're in that zone, like, delete it. And it doesn't mean that maybe one day, three months from now, six months from now, you're going to be like, you know, I feel good about it. Like, I'm feeling different about it. Like, I've changed. And then I do it again. But definitely, um, we have relationships with the apps. So that's so tell me what, like, made you want to delete it and, like, how it's been since you deleted them. Yeah, I, um, I deleted them because I've been doing them for 11 years. And I had never oh once gosh. had a relationship result from them, never once. Mm-hmm. And so, oh yeah, I think where you and I disagree is my apps are gone forever. I'm never going mm-hmm. to be back there. I'm never going to fall into old cycles of mine. I know a right. lot of people are able to like take a break and then return to the apps and have a positive experience. I'm so happy for right. that. But I'm not because yeah. it's like, you know how they say insanity well, is we've like done it long enough. Things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the same I mean? thing like over I and just, over again and thinking you're getting another result, right? <laughs> absolutely. And, like, I feel like 11 years is a big enough, like, test time period. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's just, it's just not for me. And it was yeah. not, um, it was, like, breeding negativity. And I just wanted, yeah. I wanted to stop feeling bad. And I wanted to yeah. find something to love about dating again, I guess. Yeah. And, um to be perfectly honest, I have not been on a date since I deleted all the dating apps in February, but I also hadn't been on a date the six months prior. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like a big change. It was just, I all of a sudden had all this time literally physically in my day back, but I also had so much space in my head and in my heart back. They were just free to do other things and that were never invaded by those. Like I I used to call it the bucket of nothing. Like Mm -hmm. there are, Dating app experiences are like they're super active and they're super directed at you, like um, like a rude message or a dick pic or something like that that can come <laughs> at you and make you feel bad. But I think that we can't ignore how much the nothing can hurt too, like how much the lack of, of responses or the lack of responses, like all of that hurts a lot over time. And so that's no longer a part of my life ever. And there's I have so I love much that. more space. It's amazing. Nikki, it's amazing. It's I want like, to I clap feel for you. <laughs> of course. It's so much better than I felt But before, it's like, I'm, sure. that's so true. I mean, like the nothingness, like is just as poisonous. Like that's just yeah. so bizarre and true and weird. And it's true. It's like, you're not getting anything out of it. And then it just makes you feel even worse. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. So... Do you, um, so do you feel like you're liking being single any more than you used to? Do you feel like you're, um, you know, like finding the beauty in it or what is your feelings about your every single day? I, I love it. I, I love my life and it sounds weird to say, but like being single never really factors into my day. It sounds super weird because like I do so many things around this space, but it's not really how I define my life. So the way that I define it is just all these things that I'm doing that I find joy in, like everything that I write and create. My writing is hands down my passion. It's who I am. I'm also finding out that apparently I'm a podcaster because that's now something <laughs> I love to do. I would have never thought that I really? would ever be. Oh my God. Because I, I like to put it down on paper and I feel like I'm. And edit most, it. I know. Yeah. Like I'm my <laughs> most intelligent, like funniest self yes. on paper, but podcasting is teaching me how to have more confidence in my voice too. So I'm loving that. But I I really, um, the biggest change that I've undergone, and it's probably only been really within the last couple of years, has just been like, I don't hate my life anymore because I'm single. If I'm upset for a reason now, if I'm angry for a reason now, it's because of something else. It's not because I haven't Mm. found a husband yet. Like, that's just not any longer. Would you blame, did you feel like you were blaming things on that before? Oh yeah, I was I was 
I was what a lot of women are. I was very sad and very angry and very lonely. And I felt like I was failing, like no matter what I did or what I tried, I just wasn't meeting anyone. And it was absolutely maddening. It was like pushing me to the verge of absolute madness. And I just couldn't live a life that way. But it just, you you know this, like everyone knows this, like the longer you go, the older you're also getting. It's just all compounding everything on top of it mm-hmm. just feels like it's getting worse and worse and worse and just absolutely caving in on you. So I just I just walked away from all of those feelings and I found other I found other things to to fill my time with, to fill my headspace with. And really when you dig into the realities of your single life and the realities of like a partnered life, in my mind I'm not there's no like amount of lie here, I think they're both equal because every of one of them has like give and take and pro and con and like, of course, we've, yeah, we've been raised as women, especially, I don't believe that men feel this way, at least in my experience, they don't, but we've been raised to like see ourselves as lacking idolize. if we have a partner. Right. Right. You know what I mean? To idolize like that life when, oh my God, there's days that like I look at my friends who are still single and, and don't have children and don't have, you know and I'm like? Can I just hang out with you for a little bit? You know, like, yes. I mean, um, yes. you know, the but like, yet we, and listen, and I may be idolizing that life, you know, in many ways, like being like, and oh, you're totally allowed to. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I it just, it's interesting. So can you, do you remember maybe like, was it like a, something that switched in you that made you be like, I can't, you know, I, I can't. Be, like was there a moment that or do you think that this was like over time that you decided um that you weren't going to be angry about your present that you were going to start enjoying your present or what do you think that like slowly happened there was a moment for sure and I'll tell you about it but I will also say that it wasn't like it wasn't all fixed in that moment it wasn't all instantaneous okay. like everything's better now like there was a moment right. but I will say that things have been getting stronger and better since I think it was like okay. it was a it was, Several years ago at this point, I was um, I was going home for Thanksgiving, as I always went home for Thanksgiving. Um, and I was, like, riding around in the back. Where's home, Shane? Oh, sorry. sorry. Home is Fort Worth, Texas. Oh, okay. And I, I, oh, I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> um, I love Texas. Okay, going back I love to it Texas. so much. I miss it. Yeah. So I went back to Texas for Thanksgiving, as always. And I was in the backseat of my mom's car. And we were, like, running errands and stuff like that. And I just, like... There's something about being in the back of your parents' car that makes you feel like a child <laughs> instantaneously, doesn't matter how old you are. Um, yeah. But I don't know where the thought came from, but I was just like, it was a very clear thought. I remember it very, very well. It was like, you don't have to end being single to start liking your life. You don't have yeah. to. There is no have to. There is no uh, should. There fun. is no like, oh, it was like. I do too. When I think about it, because I'm so grateful for that. I've had many of them in my adulthood. Just like these. I was like a whisper, Shaney. I don't know if you believe yeah. that shit, but. <laughs> that oh was my God, hey. It was so crazy. It was, it was very crazy, but it's been motivating a lot of what I've done ever since, because I know that like not everyone has that moment. And after I saw a few other women, like, like something snapped in their head too, because they read something of mine or they listened to an episode of the podcast. I was like, I can't think of any other way to spend my time because I'm so much happier now. And if I can help other women even just like see a little bit of that, like there's no, there's nothing else I would rather do than build community and build like more just like daily joy for women within their own lives. And I don't think that it's an easy thought to arrive at because we have not been programmed to think that way. We've been programmed to think exactly the opposite and like Mm -hmm. media and the like Instagram, like everything we're fed feeds it too. Like dating Mm -hmm. is a joke. The bachelor, the bachelorette. Oh God. (laughs) Yes. And like all the dating memes that like make fun of how shitty dating is for women, but they never bother to talk about it as if it's shitty for men. Men are just like, Mm -hmm these terrible things that women have to deal with. Why don't we mm-hmm. start telling the men stop being terrible? Like, I don't want to teach women how to deal with terrible men. I want the terrible men to stop being terrible. Yeah. Or, or the, you know, walking around, like walking on eggshells. Um, I actually, so this is like, this is exactly how I got into dating work. Like um, right before Refinery29, I was single for a while. I was, I was, uh, in, like my life was very much about relationships for a long time. I was engaged very young and I like always just felt like in order to 
grow up or have freedom or whatever I would have to, like freedom from like my parents or whatever like I had to be in a relationship like I, I never really thought I could be just like an independent woman I did like I didn't know that that was a thing yeah. um so I think that I always um I had like a very long-term relationship that was like awful I mean I was dying to get out of it and um I was so young but he was a professional baseball player so there was like we were young and there was like you know access to to finances and all these things. And I was like, great, this is my ticket out of here. Like, this is my ticket out of Miami. This is my ticket out of, um, you know, of, of like this life or whatever. But of course, like, oh, two months before the wedding, I was like, I can't do this. I, and I broke off the wedding. And um, that's like, that's when uh, the blogging era started. And I started writing about like being single, like just going on dates and like really falling in love with yourself and falling in love with the process. And, um, and that even, and I think also like, first of all, falling in love with your life, but I think also there is, and I know after you do it for a little, for a while, it gets exhausting, but, um, just seeing that dating is a very, to me, it's such a unique time. Like if you, you know, like, like actually going on dates, like that actual, I, I think it's a, an interesting ritual that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's even some beauty to be seen. There's even beauty to be seen like in that process. Um, and that, is I mean, really I'm looking like, forward to it. If there's yeah. beauty in dating, I can't wait to experience it because I have not yet. I can promise you. Well, that was my next question. So do you, so I think, okay. So I think a lot of women, um, are afraid to get excited about their present life, like be excited about being happy about where they presently are, because I think there's a superstition to think like, well, if I, if I get used to where I am and I get happy with where I am, and I think this is anything, right? Like it's any goal that we have or whatever. Um, then I'm going to get like complacent and I won't date. And I won't, because I think some people use the anger and the fear of being alone as the thing that puts their back up against the wall to do a very uncomfortable thing, which is called dating. Yeah. So I think that some people are afraid to take to, like if I take that away from from somebody and I'll be like, just be happy with where, you know, with where you are, then like they may be like, cool, well then I'm not, Dating is uncomfortable. It is a stretch. It is putting yourself outside of your comfort zone, but it is also a process that we have to go to in order to find like what's right for us, like to find, you know, to, we have to go through these weird like rituals or whatever. Um, there's like a logistics thing to it. And sometimes that fear people like, it's kind of like they use that fear to have their back up against the wall. And that is, I think the reason why sometimes we don't want to be happy with like where we are. So do you feel like, so as you got happy with, as you know, and as you're, I know that's like a work in progress and you're, you're like enjoying more of this um, presence like that you have, that you have, um, do you feel like it took away any of your like edge to even want to date? Like, are you do, like, do you think you're like, um, I guess, what are your thoughts about wanting to date or wanting to have a partner ultimately? Sure. Um, I think that we as women, especially women over 30, are living in fear that at all times we have to be doing the right thing or we'll never meet someone. We have to be trying the right thing or we'll never meet someone. We have to be in the right right headspace or we'll never meet someone. Mm -hmm. And what I did was just completely take away the fear of never meeting someone. I mm-hmm. took it off the table. I asked myself the question, what yes. if you never get married? What if you never right. meet someone? What if you're alone forever? And I was like, you know what? This ain't bad. Like, I, was, I right. didn't hate my life. I didn't hate every day. And I didn't see myself as lacking something. Would I love to be in a relationship and have companionship and sex and all of that great stuff that comes along with it? Yes. And I fully believe that at some point in my life, I will have that. But what I know for sure. And I think that's the difference. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah. I'm just. Because some people think like, if I get happy, like with with my life, then I'm like throwing down the flag and I'm surrendering and I'm, you know, I'm saying like, okay, well, I'm just going to be alone. And I don't think you have to decide just because you're happy with your life. You don't have to decide that you're going to be alone forever. Like that you're going to be, you know, like if that's not what you want. Like, no, it seems like you, you didn't have to, you didn't trade that off. Absolutely not. I never wanted to arrive at partnership and thought that I had misspent my single years. I'm never right. going to partner up and, and think that I was spending these years wrong or miserably or, or wasting mm. them. 
when I arrive mm. at partnership, I want to have lived these years well and have fully enjoyed them. Yes. And I can't fully enjoy them if I'm worried around every corner, like, where is he? Where is he? I will not live right. like that. And I don't want right. other women to live like that either. There is, I guess and what, what if it's saying, just a no, timing I, thing? Like, what if it's just a timing thing, you know? Whatever it is. I have, I have very little concern for when or how I will meet. I truly 100% do not care when or how I meet my partner. At this point, it Mm. could be tomorrow. It could be 10 more years from now. And that's fine. It's genuinely fine. But I get, I get people's motivations. I get that fear. I get that, like, that constant, like, striving. I understand it. Believe me, I lived in it for the better Mm -hmm. part of a decade. But it doesn't make a difference. No, it doesn't. But what does make a difference, at least in my experience, is taking your time as a single person, not to be seeking out another, but to be seeking the best version of yourself. And that sounds like a cheesy after school special, but I'm telling you, it's time well spent. It really is time well spent to like go to therapy or start meditating or find a coach or something to to work on yourself simply for the purpose of being happy, not for the purpose of once I'm happy, then I'll meet someone. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Like you can't, and, and that's really like when the women come to me, they think like I'm going to, you know, necessarily help them find a partner. And really that's not what I, that's not what I do. I help them start this journey. That's because to me, dating and getting to a place where you're like, Oh, or even just finding yourself not having something that you want, which is like, okay, I'm currently not in partnership and I would like to have partnership. I think it's a very romantic gesture that in, not in order to find that partnership, but like, I think it's very beautiful when we're like, you know, I want this thing and for some reason it's not working. And that can, that is the catalyst in many ways to be like, you know what? Well, I'm going to love myself even more and I'm going to do these things and whether I'm in partnership or I'm not, but it is the beginning of the journey um, to like back to self, you know, like that's really, that's really what it is. And in a, you know, energetic way. If we want to say that like, oh, you know, you know, I'm trying to find somebody who's like at my mat, who's at my, you know, I'm, I have this vision of this kind of person that I want to be with or whatever. Then in many ways, like, not that we need to, not that, not that we need to be that by any ways, not that we have to be any better, but I think like there's a whole process of like loving yourself enough to feel like you can, that like loving yourself enough to know that you do deserve that and that, that you do want that. And that's a process like sometimes to, to love ourselves. Um, for sure. And that. also just, to, yeah, you to acknowledge that you have a life that's worth loving right now, no matter yes. what, like yes. we, I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to miss right. like when you went out with your single friends and you were like, Oh, can I hang out with you guys? I don't want to miss what you saw in them that you wanted. I don't want to, I don't right. want to miss a second of that. It's, it's too precious. It's too important. It's too much fun. Mm-hmm. It's just it is, and it's, it's such yeah. an important time in our lives. Like it's a it's it's a time in our life that like we. I think about that too, even like as a mother. Um, three, I have three kids, and our youngest is a year and a half, and I and I get it now because he's the youngest. But definitely, it's interesting with the first first two. You're like so crazy, and you're waiting for it to be over, and all this kind of stuff, and then you just realize like, oh, I wasn't even there. You know, it's like it was yeah. just such a unique time. Um. And then it passes and you're like, I wasn't even there. Yeah. So um, I love, I, you know, I love that idea. I love, I, I, I love what you're talking about. Um, so what would you say to somebody who's like afraid that if they embrace their current life, that then therefore they're not going to meet somebody because they're going to get too happy with being alone. Cause I, I get that question. What would you like? What would you say to that? I would just tell them that's bullshit. I mean, there's really no <laughs> other way to get at it. It's if you want to talk about it, like, energetically and speaking from kind of like a woohoo standpoint. And by the way, you're talking to someone with crystals on her desk right now. Okay. Like, <laughs> we, we aren't that powerful. I just don't think that like, I don't think that your happiness and your contentment with your day-to-day life is ever going to punish you in any way. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. believe that that's a thing that happens. I really don't. Um, I also think that we need motivations in our lives that have nothing to do with finding partnership because then when you do find partnership, your whole life is going to revolve around. Yeah. Like your whole life's going to revolve around keeping partnership and like, and it's a beautiful thing. And I think that every ounce of effort spent on partnerships is worth it. I think it's, it's a wonderful thing to build 
futures and families together. I want that for everyone that wants it. I want partnership for myself and I intend to work very hard when I have it. But it is not what is motivating me internally all day, every day. I can't, I can't live like that. It's just, it feels too bad. It really has just felt too bad before. Um, so I would say like, I, I understand the fear and it's valid. And I don't want anyone to be embarrassed of feeling that way because we've really been programmed to feel that way for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would just say like, there's nothing that you could do in betterment of yourself or in search of your own happiness that is ever going to prevent you from finding partnership. I don't think that's how life on earth works. I really don't. Um, And I think really like that just boils down to like being motivated by fear versus being motivated by love. Right. Like um, we, I think in many ways, like we're taught to come from, you know, like, like, you know, going into these words, but like that place of lack and like only, you know, like, it's kind of like telling your child, like, you know, if you don't, you know, if you don't get these grades, then like, you're going to, you're going to be a loser and you're not going to get into college. And like, you know, and it's like, or I can be like, listen, like, I think you would really like this life where like you can graduate and you can, um, you know, maybe uh, I think you would really like college life. And I think, you know, in order to get into college, like you are going to have to have like these kind of grades and you are going to have to kind of study for this thing and motivating them with a place of like, from a place of love versus like a place of fear. You can, and I think we just get so used to feeling like the only way to take action is because I'm afraid, I'm afraid that I'm not going to get something, but you can still take action. You can still be active in like, your dating life and all that kind of stuff, but come from a place of love, like do it from a, have a different, have a different motivation behind it. And I think that that's like, that's probably what I think. I, I know that that's, that's like a lot of what we fear. Um, it's funny when I met my husband, I'm sorry. So we're motivated by fear a lot. We're motivated yes. by fear of the future rather than yes. thinking of the future as something amazing that's coming that we get to experience. We don't look forward to the future. We fear it. And that has to change. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And really, and I think what's interesting, what you said was that, um, like you, you, even in your words, like you still know you're going to meet somebody like you still, um, and I think that's also, again, what's allowed you to get off the apps and things like that. Like we, we don't take such brave, um, we don't make such brave moves because it's just a part of us that thinks like, oh my God, but if I get off these apps and like, I'm never going to, and then it's like ridiculous, you know, like, you know, for many years, forever and ever and ever, we've been meeting not on apps. So like to not be afraid of that, to not be afraid to feel, I think a lot of us feel like we are um, tied to these apps and we have to do it this way and we have to do it that way. But when you really truly believe and like you live in that space of like, I love my present, I'm looking forward to my future. Like I don't need to be tied to anything that is scaring me into thinking that I'm not going to find somebody. And that's, that's like the big trip. It's, um, it's massive. It's absolutely not. I don't like, I don't worry about how I'm going to meet my partner anymore. I'm excited because I haven't met them yet. And like, I'm right. excited to see how that goes down. Like, I'm actually really looking yeah. forward to seeing how that happens, but I also I don't, love it. I don't rush it anymore because I've gotten yeah. smarter and better at being myself every year that I've been alive. And that's just going to keep happening between now and whenever I meet that person. So only good things are going, I mean, there's going to be shit that happens. Don't worry. But like only good things are going to happen like within me between now and then. I love it. What, um, so any like practical things that you think like helped you get to this place? Like after you had that moment in the car with your parents, like anything that kind of stands out to you, any books or anything that like kind of led you that you feel like this was really helpful. I started telling the truth a lot more. I started um, when I would get a grotesque message from a stranger on a dating app. I Mm. would let him know how offensive that was. I would ask him Mm. what he thought he was doing. And I would ask him if he was proud of himself for what he had said to me because I couldn't feel helpless anymore. I couldn't feel like I was doing nothing. And none of the messages I ever sent ever like really made a difference. Like I was unsatisfied with those responses too, but at least I tried. Um, I wrote about it. It felt more empowering. Like, you know, kind of be like, okay, yeah. Like oh, I, ha- sure. I, I, do, I do have a say here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. You do have a say in what happens to you. Um, but I also, I wrote about it because I, I have, that's my, that's my talent. That's my skill set, And mm-hmm. that's the way that I like to communicate. So I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to write about it. I'm going to make people laugh. I'm going to make people feel less alone. And that's how I'm going to cope with this. And I think other people find other methods to do it, but there, I wasn't really like, I wasn't really reading anything or consuming anything that was helping. I was just, 
reframing the way that I address things for myself. And I was mm-hmm. looking at things from a different perspective to try to, um, to try to grow with it, I guess. And honestly, like it was happening for, for several years and I can't believe I didn't delete the app sooner, but um, that was hands down the best thing I've ever done for my dating life was getting rid of all of them. I've had yeah. such a more optimistic outlook on my future and um, just on like life in general since they've been gone because um, they are really, for me at least, they are a very, very negative place. And yeah. you're right, like human beings have been meeting since the dawn of time without apps. Like, let's mm-hmm. expand our minds a little bit and fine. see what we can yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, and we've been just fine. And it'll continue to happen. Um, oh, I just lost my train of thought that I wanted to ask you. So um, writing about it, was um, was there anything, like, I don't know, anything that you read or anything that, like, caught your attention? And also, I guess, and then my second question would be, um, you must have detoxed from, from like some negativity. Cause like even talking about like the memes and all that stuff, like how did you get to a place where maybe that didn't affect you anymore? Like, or having, you know, like we talk to our girlfriends about it, we complain about it and we kind of perpetuate that, like how negative, how awful it is. Like, how do you think you stepped away from being, cause it's around you. Like you said, you know, like our society really trains us to feel like being single is like this disease, Um, how did you, like, other than you, obviously, like, I think you created the space yourself, like by writing it, but that didn't mean that I'm sure that you didn't see, like that you didn't continue to see the media or whatever, like any, any tips on like kind of how you were able to start seeing it, but not feel bad when seeing it. Well, I'm always going to feel bad when I see things that paint being a single woman in a negative light while simultaneously paint being a single man in a positive light. That's always going to upset me. That's always going to make me feel bad, but it's not going to drive my actions anymore. Like there's only right. so much you can do. There's only so much digital detox you can engage in. Of course, sort of insulate yourself from anything that's ever going to piss you off. I'm not trying to hide from the world, but I am trying to consume it differently. So yeah, I follow a, a lot fewer like, like dating meme accounts on Instagram because I find them to be massively negative, even when they're run by women. I find them to make yes. being single a joke and being single is not a joke. Feeling lonely is not a joke. Getting a dick pic is not a joke. And right. so I don't want to participate in that stuff anymore. I want to participate in the parts of our lives that are funny, that are lighthearted, that are fantastic. And if there are negative parts, I want us to talk about them in a real way and not in a way that like makes like us a joke. Like yeah, like that kind mm-hmm. of shit. Like, it's yeah. pretty funny for me to write about hauling a coffee table up four flights of stairs by myself. Like, I can make that funny in writing, but when I was living it, that shit was not funny. So, like, yeah. taking those moments and letting women know, like, you're not alone in them. I'm also here living this, and I can write about it in a way that is hopefully amusing for us so that we can consume it in a way that doesn't make us feel like shit all the time, essentially. What did, um, doing the coffee table, like, what did you feel and why did it remind you of, like, your current, um, whatever situation? Like, what, oh, what was that story about? That's the most physically difficult thing I've ever done by myself. It was a really heavy table and a really yeah, well, I- and a <laughs> lot of stairs. Um, it was just, a, it was a moment where I realized, you know, for the duration of that activity, how alone I was and how I didn't have anyone. And at the end of it, I realized, like, I just did this by myself. I feel so accomplished, but that's not Mm going to diminish how much that sucked. I'm going to acknowledge it. It's okay that it sucked. I don't have to be like, yay, me, I did it. Like, I don't have to gloss over the negative. I can acknowledge that I wish I had someone around to help me with things. Um, You can do both. I think you can live a single life that you love and be really proud of and really have a great time living while also acknowledging that you want partnership. I think both of those things can exist at the same time. Right. I can't imagine that's like New York living, man. Those four flights of stairs. (laughs) Well, I moved. I actually moved. I do. I am pretty good about like clearing things out of my life that aren't serving me and making the changes I need 
And this is by far the biggest change I've ever made. I moved to an apartment that is in a new building that has an elevator that has eliminated a lot of those. Like, yeah, like it's nice, but it's going to cost me. And like, that's the other thing that I'm like teaching myself to do to be more comfortable with is like spending more money on the things that are going to make my life feel better to me and more comfortable and not come from a place of lack all the time or fear all the time. No, that's so, that's so interesting because um, it's true. Like, are we putting ourselves in the position to feel bad for ourselves, bringing something up the stairs like that? You know, like, are there, like, especially when you're in this, like, vulnerable place, like, if you're, even if you're transitioning from, like, feeling, like, really shitty about being alone and you're trying to get into that better place of feeling good about about your current life and how beautiful it is, like, it is important to, to take care of yourself in that time. Like, I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I have this, um, living situation where like, you know, where I have to, um, do things like that, that then remind me and make me feel bad. So it's like yeah. important, like it's, it, and that goes back to like media uh, conversations, like making sure that like, we are not putting ourselves in that position to, to feel hurt and painful. Like we can do it another way. And it's, I mean, obviously moving is it's a big deal and it's a big decision and, and money and all those things, but it's, in, in, it, it also aligns with what you're trying to do though like with what you're very doing. much very much. like I'm yeah. literally dating my elevator let's put it that way yeah like my elevator <laughs> is my boyfriend like he is handling all the heavy lifting and he's available and he's supportive and you oh. start to feel supported supported yeah the best part about it is there's like a mirror inside the elevator and it's like a great mirror and I don't have a full length in my apartment so I've just been like using that mirror to like figure out how I'm yeah perfect because you really see yourself. It's so, yeah, it's such a yeah. no, it's like a metaphor though. Because I think also like, you know, again, going back to energetics, like if we want to be supported, but we do not live in the, like, and part of a, a partnership is like, is being able to feel the feeling of being supported. Like it's like, a, you know, it's, it's an energy, it's a feeling that we can feel. But if I live a life where like, I don't even think that I deserve to be supported or, or that I've been, in, I've been putting myself in positions where I'm not supported, like even just making a choice to be like, you know what, I'm going to allow myself to be supported by this elevator and I'm going to move yeah. into this place. And that's one step closer to like, and it's not because it's what brings you to the relationship, but it's just in general, like giving yourself things that you want. And sometimes we think they come from a relationship, but they don't. They come from things like this. Like I'm going to allow myself to be supported. Not just to think that like this one person is going to offer me all those things. Ultimately, they're going to have that same, they're going to have those qualities, but they're not going to be like the end all be all. Um, you're, right. you're giving those things to yourself first. Which I Absolutely. Love. Absolutely. Um, speaking of bad, uh, I feel like I, I just, this question keeps coming up. Um, speaking of bad situations with online dating, I had this one um, client the other day who, who um, just started the app and she's been doing, you know, like, and she was excited. She's been on some dates and things like that. Um, but this one guy just like, they made plans to meet up and he just did not show. And it was, I mean, you know, of course, like the worst, it was very, very um, hurtful for her. I suggested that, like you said, like kind of write back and be like, that's not okay. But she was afraid to. And like, what are your, I don't know, what are your thoughts about? that the situation like what would you have done or what would you suggest why was she afraid to write back you know i think she got into this weird um like because the apps are new too i think she got into this weird place of thinking like maybe he's watching me or like there was like a security situation for her like she just got scared like yeah um and you know and i told her i'm like well, this is an obvious sign that like you not you should not be an app like you don't, you don't feel comfortable, you know, like, and you're not going to, um, like if you, you know, like you're going to be better off, even if you want to do something that's proactive, you'd be better off with like some sort of matchmaking, like some, or, or places that people are introducing you. Um, so yeah, you know, I, agree about you. That. I agree with but, you 100%. Yeah. There's, like, I mean, cause I mean, how could she, she doesn't trust the app. So why even use it? What a waste of your time. Yeah. If she doesn't trust it and they're keeping her like staying small, that's not the place where she should be spending her time. I think she would be much better off like in a place that she felt like she trusted more. And I feel like if she knew a matchmaker who had already met people who was like giving her like a guaranteed meetup, I think that would make her feel more safe and therefore more empowered. So that would probably be my suggestion. I also, I really, 
I have a hard time identifying with that because if somebody stood me up, just flat out stood me up, they would hear from me and they would hear an earphone. Right. Yeah, because like, not, you, like, not like right. I give a shit. Like, I don't give a shit if you didn't show up to see me, but don't you dare do this to the next girl. Don't you dare. Right. It's right. just, there's no consequences for men or women in yes. dating and in online dating Agreed. because you don't have to be held accountable for anything. And that is so just messed up for lack of a better way to put it. Like, we're accountable for ourselves in every other area of life. Why are we not held accountable for our actions in seeking out partnership? That's, that's family. We're seeking out family. And yet we are never held accountable for our actions on the way there. That's such bullshit. Like, no, he would have heard. I want his number now. Like, I want to talk yeah. to him right now. Right? It's, I, that's and, just, I, you know, yeah. and what I find interesting, like, and I, I talk about this often in my practice, like, you know, I think there's this idea that we're going to meet like this ready-made person. And like, that's not true. We, we, um, we train, we teach people how to treat us. Like we train people on how to treat us. And, um, I mean, I remember with my husband, I had, we met him at a party and then we went on a date. Um, and then after that, like the next day, I think, I think it was the next day he wanted to take me out again. And I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. Like we can go out. And it was just like, we had only been like in group dates. So he was asking me out on our first like official, just like, two days. I'm like, okay, cool. And we, the night before they like, decided a time, I knew he was working during the day. So I wasn't going to hear from him, but we decided a time that he was going to come pick me up at like, you know, whatever, seven, seven thirty, seven o'clock rolls around. This guy's not showing up. And I'm like, oh no. And he's not um answering his phone either like or I had texted him or something and he didn't write back to me and I was like oh no like you are no and I called him and I was like and he answered the phone and he um had like a sleepy voice I could tell he was like you know he had fallen asleep and I know he was working like he had like a he was doing something hard during the day and he's like oh sorry I fell asleep and you could tell he like he wanted me to kind of let him back out and and and, and it I didn't take it personal. Like I, and I think that that's the trick. Like I wasn't like, Oh, he's doing this to me. It's my fault. Like, you know, none yeah. of that. I was like, no, Benny, like you, and I didn't even know if I liked him at this point. I, I didn't know like how I felt about him, but I was like, we're going on that date. Like it wasn't even that I was excited to go see him. I was like, no, you said you're going to pick me up. Like you're going to get dressed and you're going to pick me up and we're going to go out. And sure enough, in 20 minutes, like the guy was there picking me up. Good. And you, yeah, yeah you asked for what you wanted. That's like, yeah, that's such a great energetics around that. Yeah. And like, I mean, it could have gone one way or the other, you know, it would have been like, oh, or we would have gone out and he was, we had a great time. He was fine. It was doable. Like, you know, everything was fine. Um, obviously we got married, had three kids. Um, <laughs> so it, worked, it worked out. But I, I just think that like, we also have to remember that um, we teach people how to treat us. So even if you're never going to see that person again, like letting them know, like, this is just not how you treat me. This is not how you treat like my kind, you know, like you said, like not the next person. Yeah. Um, and like, this is what's acceptable and this is not what's acceptable. And we ultimately can either have like a spoiled partner, which I'm sure a lot of us listening to us have. I know I've had, yeah. or we can have like an even partner and like we, and, and we can, we um, set the tone for that, you know, just by things like that. Like what you were yeah. saying. I totally agree. Um, and you can't like get to that place where you can start recognizing what you're worth and recognizing how people should treat you. If you're not like, if you don't spend some time alone and spend that time enjoying yourself. Yes. Yeah. Agree. And like kind of have those moments. Um, what, uh, what, like if you can think of an article that you've written um, having to do with dating and relationships that has resonated the most, do you like, is there one that comes to mind and like, why do you think it resonated? Oh man, there are probably the, the one I've received the most messages about from people who have read it is the very first post in every single day, like the day that it launched. Mm -hmm. um, it was from October 10th of 2018. And I cannot remember the title. It was like, I should be able to like rattle off this title for you, but I don't remember what it was. <laughs> I can set up. That's okay. Um, it was the very first, the very first one that we ran. And it was, the, I think the first time a lot of women had read something about being single that wasn't telling them how to like end it or, or solve it or fix it or like or get fixed. Yeah. Yeah. Like my premise is that like there is more to being single than dating, that we care about more than dating, that we like, I want to get, and they're two different things. Dating. Yeah. And they're like, two different I, things. Yeah. I, I really can't, um, I can't 
create content for, for single women in a world that just makes them focus on ending being single. That's just not how I want to live. Yeah. So the first one, the title of it is I'm 36 and I've been single for 10 years. Spoiler, I'm fine. That's the title. <laughs> and that's the one. That's the one that I think resonated with the most people for sure, just based on like the feedback that I got from it. Um, Why? I don't, I don't know. I, I think it's because it's the first time they had ever thought about being single in this way. I think it's yeah. the first time they'd ever thought about it as something that you don't have to like desperately end as soon as possible. Right. I think that it's, like one of the very first times where someone is just like, holy shit. Like it's, it's that epiphany moment where you realize like, there's nothing wrong with us. There is nothing wrong with you if you are single. The societal, like, uh, requirements imposed upon pressure, you, yeah. Yeah. all of that is just made up. It's just made up, and it's just programming we've received. There is no absolute mandatory requirement that a woman be married, that a woman be a mother. That Like, there's no... You can live any way that you want. In a certain order. Or, like, in a certain order, I think that that's... Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. um, What do you think about um, timelines? And people are like, well, it's just like, I want to get married because I want to have kids and, you know, whatever, biological clock, things like that. You can want whatever you want. I cannot promise that things will work out that way. But I would never shame someone for what they want or what they want their life to look like. I can just say, like, if it's not turning out that way for you... There's nothing wrong with you. And there's mm-hmm. also a lot of beauty in timelines that look completely different. And also there is no, like, we have to get off of this linear path. The mm-hmm. dating, engaged, married, baby, repeat, 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 death. Like that, like you can't, that line just sounds so projectable and so boring and so like rigid. There's only one way to do it, right? And if anything goes wrong, we feel like failures. I personally, in all this effort that I've gone to to try to re- like uh, correct stigma around being single, I would also really like to contribute to removing some stigma around divorce because I don't find anything wrong with people when they get divorced. I find them simply moving from one phase of life to another. It's a I, really I agree. Now that I, you know, really I love my husband problem. and all those things, but I think that like, yeah, some people are going to have five partners some people are not one like I, I think that I, I mean I agree yeah it's the way it goes we've made it a really difficult process for ourselves divorce is very mm-hmm. very difficult well but that's the that, that comes from the church <laughs> yeah I don't I don't think that it needs to be as hard as it is and I sure as shit don't think any less of anyone I know who is divorced or who is contemplating it quite frankly right right and that's just the, the moving the moving around yeah. um I think that's beautiful. You're doing really beautiful work, Chaney, in the world. Thank you. Super, so yeah, are you. Like, yeah, no, it's very, thank you. It's, it's like very, um, very, very important. And it doesn't, um, and even if, it, I mean, I guess back to the, the timeline conversation, it's like, ah, there's so many ways to do it. And I think that we have to like embrace like the mystery of like what, how life is supposed to unravel for us this time. Like, um, the weirdest things, like the strangest things happen. I mean, uh, like we just don't know. I, I don't know. I met my husband and he had a daughter. I would never thought that that was going to happen. And then a few years later, I was confronted with being able to adopt her. And I like, I would have never predicted that. And, um, and look at that. Like I had two boys. I couldn't, I actually didn't birth any girls. So, I mean, but I, the, like the, you know, the universe gave me a girl like way before I call she, I call her my bonus baby, but even though she was the first one. <laughs> You know, and it's like, you just don't know. I don't know. It's like, and like, also she's much older. I would have been pretty young to, to have her. Um, and it's just so bizarre, like how, and I'm very much, you know, I'm her mother. And um, I don't know, it's just weird how, how things, and, and we just get obsessed with like thinking that it's supposed, I think that's when we start to play God. Like, um, we think that it needs to look this way. And that resistance is actually what delays, and it's kind of what you're saying pretty much in, is like, I release the resistance of like where I'm at. And that's when things are going to start to, like, that's, you know, like that's when life starts moving finally. But the resistance of like, this is how it's supposed to be, this is like what, it kind of keeps you in this perpetual loop where like, you're not really living, you're kind of dead. And now you've decided that you're living. Very much so. Very, very much. Mm-hmm. I'm very content with the day to day and far less focused on like 
fixing things for the future. It's like, there's a way to be responsible and to plan for your future in a conscious and responsible way, like having a 401k or something. But (laughs) like there's, you can't let the fear of what's going to happen in the future motivate you every day because you're wasting you're wasting all the good that's there in the present mm-hmm. moment. And I, I know it's really, really hard to do. It's it, all of this that I'm talking about sounds really easy coming out of my mouth, but in, in reality, in the day to day of a girl who's literally on her couch right now, feeling terrible, getting mm-hmm. from a low place to like a higher vibe place is very hard. And I get that. And I don't want anyone to think that this is just like a snap of the fingers, but I also fully believe that if you want to do it, you can do it. There's just, yeah. There's got to be some patience involved. There's no like overnight fix for anything. And I think for those of us that are over 30 and dating, we're exhausted and we just want things to get better and we just want things to feel better. We've done enough. We've suffered enough. We've lived through enough bullshit. Just make it better already. And right. if you're feeling that way, the, in my opinion, the fastest way to get there is just by changing your headspace and reframing mm-hmm. things for yourself and reframing your perspective. And it will take a little bit of time, but that time is so worth it. So worthwhile and like every every ounce of effort you exert on enjoying who you are more, enjoying your day to day more, I, I find that there is a much higher return on investment in that than there has ever ever been in dating. Well, I think you also just bring in what you were always seeking. Like you were seeking a feeling. Like you were, you know, you thought that like a, a partnership was going to bring some sort of feeling, and you finally realize like, oh yes, that would be nice. Like I'm, that's definitely going to happen one day. But like I don't have to wait for that feeling. Like I can feel that good about my life right now. And, yeah, absolutely. and like that was that was what you decided to do. So if you're in a low vibe place, I think you can just hang around Shaney. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anyone can come and hang out. Like there are yeah. podcast meetups for a single serving podcast in three cities and two countries and I'm absolutely oh dying over that. Gosh, so I love there it. is a there's a Facebook group for a single serving podcast with over four hundred women in there who are supporting the hell out of each other and oh, it is a I beautiful thing. So Thanks. there are there are resources. Nobody is alone. Beautiful. I love it. And now so they can find you, um share where people can find you. Sure. Yeah. How so they can my, like sort of the hub of everything is shaneysilver.com. That's where you can find links to everything and information about everything. And then um, the podcast is called a single serving podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can listen on Spotify or Stitcher, all that good stuff. Um, there's an Instagram for a single serving podcast, but I really encourage everyone to join the Facebook group because that's where, that's where the action is. So, so join us in there for sure. Beautiful. We'll definitely link to all of that in our show notes and so it's an easy jump over. But Jamie, thank you. I, I really, I, I just appreciate you very much and, and thank you for being on the show and thank you for sharing yourself and for doing, um, the, you know, being the soldier, doing the hard work for all thank of us that, you. Um, that needed. You so. too. Thanks so much for listening. For more guidance on your journey to the final swipe, please visit me at NikkiNovo.com.